Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. And admittedly, support has been down a little bit over the last couple of months. So if you're being blessed by this, and you want to help it grow and, and, and help finance it, please consider going to scriptureandprophecy.com. And uh, there's the options to support it are there. Today, we are looking at Mark chapter 14. We're resuming our study in the gospel according to Mark. This has to deal with that Passover night where Jesus has his last meal with his disciples. And then he is arrested in the garden. And so that's what we're going to be covering this morning. Uh, we have the arrest. We have... Uh, the denial of the famous denial of Peter and the cock crows twice, and you got that scenario. And then I'm going to cover a devotional with you as well about the importance of watching and praying lest you enter into temptation. And uh, so that is what is on the agenda for this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll be blessed and be strengthened in your faith, um, and that this will set the right tone for you today. Uh, and your relationship with God. So without further delay, let's dig right in. Chapter 14, the Gospel according to Mark, King James Bible. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whatsoever ye will may do them good. But me you have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body for the burying. Fairly I say unto you, whensoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial for her. Please note, one thing that we've noticed as we've worked through the gospels over the last few years is that Jesus told his disciples multiple times that he was going to die, and they never quite received it. They never quite grasped it. And here it's Passover, and the Passover lamb is being prepped, right, for the slaughter. She shows up and anoints him with the oil, covers him with the oil. They're freaking out about it because of the money. And uh, he says, hey, she's come to anoint my body for the burying. And they have no response for that. Like, they still are not comprehending what is about to happen. Verse 10. And Judas Iscariot, 
one of the twelve, went unto the chief priest to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go you into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever soever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, The master saith, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. And the disciples went forth and came into the city and found, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and say unto him, One by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and he said unto them, It is the it is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeedeth goeth, that is as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and brake it, and gave to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he saith unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will not drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day I drink it in the new kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Alright, please note, Jesus is quoting a prophecy again. Before this moment, people probably wouldn't have thought about this prophecy being a prophecy. It just would have been relevant to the time that it was spoken. Uh, the prophecy he's referring to is in Zechariah, chapter 13, which says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. And Jesus is saying, that's the prophecy about me. You guys are going to be scattered, and you guys are going to be offended as a, a, because of me. Because, as the prophecies say, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall scatter. But then he says, don't worry, after I die, uh, I will rise again and I will go before you into Galilee. Again, though, they're not grasping the magnitude of what he's talking about. Verse 29. But Peter said to him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this day... Even this night, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. 
So Jesus is saying, before the cock crows two times, you're going to deny me three times. Before this night's even over. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise said they all. And they came to the place which is named Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. And he went forth a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and he findeth them sleeping. And he saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst thou not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is truly ready, but the flesh is weak. Please know, we're going to circle back around to that once we've finished our chapter today and I'm going to read a devotional about that very thing that we just read. Jesus is deeply sorrowful. He's praying. He's even asking God to take the cup from him and he comes back and he finds his closest friends sleeping. But there's something deeper here being said when he says watch lest you enter into temptation. And we're going to cover a little devotional I wrote about that a couple of years ago. Uh, here in a few minutes. Let's continue and finish the story and then we'll circle back around to that. Verse 39. And again he went away and he prayed and he spake the same words. And when he had returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and he saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come, behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go, lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, and the chief priests, and the scribes, and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straight away to him, and he saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and he said unto them, Are ye come out against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. Verse 51. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young man laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were they assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, 
even into the place, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that was made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing that is which these witnesses against thee? I just have to stop real quick and just make the same complaint that I always make when I read these stories. Is I'm just kind of appalled by the religious leaders and just how they really don't give any care for God's word or the truth. All they care about is their position and their power. I mean, they're, these are the chief priests. These are supposed to be the most holy people in all of Israel. And they're bringing forth people asking them to bear false witness, which obviously is a breaking of one of the commandments, against Jesus so they can find a reason to kill him. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen him uh, heal cripples. Uh, they've seen him heal blind. They've seen him heal people with withered hands. They've, he's rose people from the dead. He's done all these things. They don't care. They just care about their own power and position. They never really knew God. And so when Jesus tells them, you know what? You guys go out and you make proselytes and you make them twice the sons of hell that you are. These people really are the children of the devil. And then how they treat Jesus, as we're going to see when they start beating him and spitting on him, is so ungodly. Even if somebody was guilty of blasphemy, no truly godly person would treat another human being in this manner. These people are filth. And it just, I don't know, I guess I'm so angered by it for some reason. Um, it just really bothers me. And then I think, how many religious leaders exist today? They lead these big, massive churches. And they have these big mansions. And, and all they're doing, they don't even really believe this. They've just used it for their own gain. They've just made merchandise of God's people rather than actually having a passion for the truth. Ugh. I feel sorry for those people in the day of judgment who have used the gospel not because they believe it or that they love it or, you know, I do this and it's a great passion of mine. Like, I just love to study the word and share it and it's God's word is the my ultimate passion in life. I can't imagine pretending to believe this stuff and then going out and just living awfully like these religious people do. It just frustrates me, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. Let's move on. <laughs> Continuing together. They're bearing false witness, but none of them are grieving together. Verse 60, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing. What is it which these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and saith unto him, Are thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. 
and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So right then and there, finally the chief priest just comes out and asks him, Are you the Messiah? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man, which is a title for the Messiah, sitting on the right hand of, uh, hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Verse 63, Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy, and the servants did strike him with palms, of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth? But he denied it, saying, I know not neither. Understand what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again, and began to say, to them that stood by, this is one of them, and he denied it again, and a little after. They that stood by again to Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said unto him. Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. And that is the end of chapter 14. Poor Peter. He cared so much. He cut off the dude's ear, right? They followed Jesus while the others fled. He wanted to be brave. He wanted to do the right thing. But as Jesus told him, when, it, when push comes to shove, you're going to falter. And he did. And then when he brought it to memory, he went out and he wept. Let's go back to the part where they're in the garden. Jesus is saying, I need you to watch with me. I'm, I've, he even tells him, look, I'm tormented by what I'm having to deal with. Please be there for me, right? Please come out and watch. Verse, let's go back to verse 32. And they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. But they couldn't do it, right? They just couldn't keep their eyes open. He went forward a little and he fell on the ground and he prayed if it were possible that this might pass from me. Skip down to verse 37. And he cometh and he find them sleeping. And he saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Could thou not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. So that brings me to the devotional. This is a devotional I wrote a couple of years ago. It's actually in my first book, The End of Days, a 30-day devotional, and it's the very first devotional. I want to read it for you real quick. It's very short, but I think it's very powerful. And it's called, Could You Not Watch With Me One Hour? Here's what it says. 
One of the most common themes I find in the Gospels spoken out of the mouth of Jesus to his followers is to be watching. Be careful that you are not caught unawares. We even see this terminology being used with three of, with the three disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus is captured and taken away to be crucified. In the Matthew account of this event, we find Jesus saying something very interesting to his disciples when he finds them sleeping. This is something I think many of us might miss if we do not pay, if we do not pay close attention to his words. Here's the Matthew account, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 and 41. He cometh unto disciples, and findeth them asleep, and he saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. I wonder, in a world which seems to be rushing towards the end of days, in a world consumed with distractions, could we be the generation who is caught off guard? Is Jesus asking us today, could you not watch with me one hour? Are the things of this world really so appealing, we are willing to risk missing his coming and being caught unaware? The digital age has taken our eyes away from what is important and cast our attention on nothingness. Most people cannot walk down the street or even worse, drive a car without staring into their smartphone. Everywhere we look is a scream begging for our attention. Meanwhile, the ones we love are starved for our attention. Likewise, we are too distracted to pay attention to our Creator and what He might be trying to speak to us. We are in danger of missing the most important hour of our generation, maybe the most important time in human history. It could be that we are living in the last hour right now. We see all the signs around us. However, like the disciples, we are in danger of falling asleep and not understanding the severity of what is about to happen. I fear we might miss the significance of what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Jesus is warning them about the dangers of not watching, of taking their eyes off him and the mission at hand. I should also note, it wasn't just the lack of watching with which Jesus rebukes his three followers about. He also commands them to be in prayer. He explains there's a real danger which follows if you do not both keep watch and pray. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The warning is simple. When you take your eyes off of him, when you fail to be in prayer, when you let your guard down, you risk falling into temptation. This could be the most important message to this generation. A generation surrounded by temptations and distractions. Never has there been such a great battle for our attention. Let us never take our eyes off Jesus. His coming is at hand. We must remain in prayer. We must heed his command to watch. Lest we fall to the desires of this world. Lest we fall asleep, caught unaware, and unprepared for his return. The spirit may be willing, but our flesh is most definitely weak. And that is the devotional, uh, again, from my book, The End of Days, a 30-day devotional. That's, you know, at that time, that was just really sticking out to me. 
when you take your eyes off Jesus, it's really easy to stumble. It's really easy to fall. If you're not watching, if you're not paying attention, before you know it, you've fallen into sin. Because the flesh truly is weak. Well, that is the podcast for this morning. I pray that you've been blessed. I pray that your hearts have been pierced. And I pray that this has caused you to draw all the more closely to Jesus and to our Father in Heaven. Thank you for listening. Peace and grace be upon you. And until next time, God bless.